Good evening, uh, church. It's good to gather once again to listen to the Word of God. We are dealing with a very tricky but yet very important topic of uh, uh, facing the inference, uh, the intimidation, uh, the manipulation of Zezebel in our life, in our church, in our nation, in our workplace. And the Word of God tells us that we have to overcome in order to have authority over nations. So can you imagine how important it is for us to be able to deal with Zezebel because of the, the severe consequence if we do not uh, uh, and uh, confront uh, Zezebel. The purpose of Zezebel is to rob you, is to take away the authority, the inheritance that God has given to us in our covenant relationship with Him. And, uh, and we learned last time of her manipulation, of her intimidation, and... Uh, even deception, spiritual deception. She called herself a prophet. So she comes forth as somebody who is very spiritual. And that's why sometimes we are caught. We thought, you know, uh, we, we trust the person because we see uh, the, 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 the ministry. But Jesus, the eyes of Jesus is blazing fire. It's like blazing fire. She can see through the superficial, the surface, he can see through the motive and, and, and what's on the inside. And that's why Jesus wants us to deal with Zezebel, deal with this uh, spirit that is uh, working in the church so that we can arise, so that we can be strong. And uh, perhaps... Uh, let me just read this, this verse uh, here in Revelation 2. Revelation 2, 18, uh, to, 18 to 19. Uh, uh, that will be enough for the time being. You see, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you, verse 20. You tolerate that woman, Zezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teachings, she misleads my servant into sexual immorality and eating of food sacrifice to idols. So we can see here, you know, the, the church in Tyra, they are doing pretty good. They are serving and seemingly as jealous as before, and they do even more than what they did. This is a, the, the commendation of Jesus to that church. But yet Jesus, with his eyes like uh, blazing fire is able to see, hey, even though the church is fine for now, but Zezebel 
is in the church. Zanzibar is working in the church. And the leaders, the people, they know. They know. And they do discern this Zanzibari inference that is there. But they did not deal with it. Okay? And that's why. That's why Jesus is warning them. If you don't deal with it, sooner or later you're going to lose your authority over the nations. You're going to lose what God wants you to have and, and, and what you are doing now. Eventually, it, it will not be there because Zezebel has come in. Zezebel wants to destroy the ministry, wants to destroy the children of God and see is already exerting her inference and you're not dealing with it. Okay, but we'll come back to that, that a little bit later. But let's look at Elijah. Let's look at the first ways a lot of people are dealing with uh, uh, when, they conf- uh, uh, when they encounter Zezebel because of fear. They run away. They run away. That's what Elijah did. And Let's put things into perspective. This is a great man of God. This is probably one of the mightiest prophets that we will ever know who is able to stop the rain at, uh, at his word, who is able to, to command heavens to, to rain down fire, to burn up the sacrifice. You know, there's, there's really not, not another prophet like him. And yet this mighty man of God, this prophet Elijah, when he encountered Zezebel, you know the story, you know it well. He ran off in fear. So let's read this in 1 King 19. 1 King 19, uh, verse 2 to 4. So Zezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and pray that he might die. I have had enough. Lord, he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestor. So can you see, we open the door for defeat when we allow fear to come in. When you are uh, uh, dealing with Zezebel and uh, when fear sets in our heart, what do we do? We isolate ourselves. We withdraw. Elijah was a prophet in Israel. He ran off. He ran off to Judah. He withdrew himself. And he isolated himself. He ran into the desert. He left his servant behind. That's a sign of fear. Do you know in many homes... You know, the mighty man of God in the house, the, 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 the master of, of the house, or even in church, in organization, in workplace. When Zezebel come in, when Zezebel take control, 
And this man begins to feel with fear, and because of fear, they stop talking. Because of fear, they withdraw themselves. Okay, and so you see, we we begin to lose the authority. We begin to lose the power that God has given to us for the home, for the workplace, for the church, for the nation. Fear. That uh, is generated by Jezebel's uh, uh, aggression uh, resulted in us running away. Uh, uh. So we thought it's best to uh, stay quiet rather than open our mouth because there will be war. And we learn about Jezebel. Jezebel is not there to seek the truth. Jezebel doesn't care about the truth. Jezebel cares about her dominion, her territory, her influence. You know that is what Jezebel care about, right? And so Jezebel will fight back when you deal with her. She doesn't care about truth. That's why many times this man of God, this. These leaders, this, we give up because you realize there's no way you can deal with it. There's no solution. All it ends up is war and quarrel and fights because Jezebel doesn't care about the truth. You know, no matter what you say, Jezebel doesn't get it. She doesn't care about the truth. Okay, so that's why eventually. You know, because of those uh, aggression from Zazabel, those intimidation, those manipulation, uh, uh, and so on, we, we just, we just, like Elijah, I have had enough. We just withdraw. We want to go into our cave. So God is. That's why. God is telling us that we need to deal with Jezebel, or else you are not going to gain that authority over nations. And uh, Elijah, because of running away, because of the emotional uh, strength being sucked by this uh, encounter, he's tired. He lost motivation to to move things forward. No. He just wanted to give up uh, and lost all his sense of purpose that, uh, and his calling that God has given uh, to him. And so that's what some of us are. And that's why God said, you've got to rise up. Otherwise, we will be, we will be just complying. Right? If you have a Jezebel in control of your workplace, you will not speak again. Because once you speak... It'll be cut down because Jezebel want to 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 have the control. So finally, you will not talk. Finally, you will stop being innovative, being creative. You know, somehow life has gone away from you. It's sucked from you. You have no more motivation, and that's why some men they just they just exist, right? Because deep down inside, there's no power. There's no authority. Zezebel has taken it, robbed him of it. So Elijah was depressed, and uh, he 
he just want to die. Okay, he had had enough, and you know we can have all kinds of uh, sickness and all kinds of uh, emotional uh, problem as a result of a Jezebelic attack. Your um, strength is gone. Your morale is down. You're confused. You you, you just lost your sense of uh, purpose. And uh, Elijah go on to say, "I'm no better than my ancestor." Can you imagine this prophet who stood with God and who stand up for so long, you know, refusing to bow to Baal, and uh, but now he felt he's a failure. So that's what Jezebel's spirit will do to you when you allow uh, her influence to come against you. You feel a sense of failure. You feel that you are good for nothing. And uh, you are not good as your ancestor. You lost your own uh, self-esteem, and, and that's why that's why some of us we we lost that life. We lost that motivation. We just we just settle down. We just 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 behave ourselves. Don't want any more trouble. Keep quiet. Stop stirring up the the, the problem and so on. This is how we deal with life. Passivity. You see. Under Zezebel's influence, man will become passive, withdraw, isolate himself, feeling sense of failure, and uh, no motivation uh, to really move forward and just allow situation to dictate, because they realize they are powerless to come against this mighty Zezebel uh, in the midst. Okay. That's the first way that some people deal with it. The wrong way that we deal with Zezebel, we withdraw, we run away. Okay, and then the second way that we deal with Zezebel in the wrong way is to tolerate. Remember the verse that we read just now in Revelation two, verse twenty. He said, "I have this against you: you tolerate that woman Zezebel, who call herself." A prophetess, you tolerate. You know why do we tolerate? It's not a toleration of acceptance, right? You know, uh, 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 because when you tolerate with acceptance, in your heart there is peace. In your heart there is empathy. There is love. There is grace. But this kind of toleration is uh, is not acceptance, but rather resentment and, and, and frustration, anger inside. You know, we just don't want to deal with it because you know Jezebel, as we said, will fight back. She's not after the troops. She just wants to fight. She she's fighting for her. Territory, her influence, and and her power, and, and that's that's what Zezebel does. Okay, so inside this, us when we tolerate, there's anger, there's frustration, there's resentment. And uh, you know, now at this time, Zezebel was already accepted in the church entire era. Remember, Zezebel come in, 
She wants to gain influence, especially with those in leadership, and through her spiritual ministry, through her spirituality. So she begins to gain acceptance and influence, and 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 even opportunity to minister because the way she presents herself. And now you have built relationship with Zezebel. And then you realize, hey, this is Zezebel working and, 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 and the influence is negative and is damaging and so on. But because of the relationship, so what do we do? We normalize the behavior because well, she's our friend now. So we say, oh, the person is like that. We excuse uh, the behavior. In fact, that is just about working. We excuse that kind of behavior. And we say, you know, that person is like that. Or he's like that. She's like that. We normalize it. Okay. Uh, and uh, because we don't want to deal with it. Because we have tried to deal with it. All we get is bruises. Because that's about fight back. All we get is, you know, more insult and more, well, I don't know, words that really hurts, that really cuts against how you feel. Okay, so, because Zazabeth want to dominate, Zazabeth want to be right. Want to be right in every situation. She just can't, she just doesn't want to listen to, to what people are saying. So that's why, you know, you get so frustrated and you just give up. You just don't want to deal with it. So that's why we normalize the behavior. Yeah, the person is like that. Yeah, never mind. Don't, don't, don't talk. Because we have no solution. We have no power. Uh, we feel that we have no power. The truth is, God has given us the authority. God has given us the strength and the power to deal with, him, with her. But we just felt so helpless. So, Jesus said, you don't deal with it. You tolerate her. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your power and authority. You will, now that you're doing well as a church, but you're going to lose everything. Because Jezebel wants to come in and destroy and take away your inheritance in the covenant. So there must be a bottom line where we say enough is enough. We are going to deal with it and, and get Jezebel to, to, to either submit or to, to get rid of this, this inference. You see, uh, that's what happened with uh, Naboth. When Naboth was killed by Zezebel, because Zezebel wanted to grab the vineyard, that's when God said, enough is enough, and pronounced judgment upon Ahab, upon Zezebel. But she was, she was functioning, she was influencing, she was doing a lot of bad things. But there come a time, enough is enough. There is a bottom line. And in this uh, letter to the Thyatira, you know, you can see God says, I've given her time to repent, but she refused. You see, so there is a grace, there is a grace period, there is a time that God gives. But I want, I want you to know, that's because Zezebel is supposed to be one of us. 
Jezebel is supposed to be in a family, in a company, in you know, in a nation. He's, she's supposed to be one of us. And that's why God said, I love her. Give her time to, to repent. But she's not willing. She's not willing to listen. She's not willing to, to, to go for the truth. She's not. And that's why I say, God say enough is enough. So there got to be a bottom line when we rise up and say, we are going to deal with it. Of course, some, of, some people, when they deal with it, that's the time they walk out of the marriage. That's the time they walk out of the company or, or whatever, you know, uh, and, and they just they just don't want to uh, don't want to face it anymore, and and then they go off, okay, and uh, that's when divorce happen and all kinds of things happen, right? But God wants us to rise up uh, to deal with Jezebel, and then to, how do we deal with it? When you are facing seemingly a force that you cannot overcome. You know, sometimes men are so fearful of that, that the fights and the quarrel and the noise and, and the argument and so on. When Zezebel is there, you just, you just want to go into your cave. Right? But we need to rise up to take our authority and deal with it. You know, Moses, when... He led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And then right before him is the Red Sea. And right behind him is the Egyptian army chasing after the nation of Israel. And here is like what we're talking about, seemingly an impossible situation. You know, it's way beyond what we think we can handle. So Moses told the people, in Exodus 14, 14, he said, The Lord will fight for you. You need only be, uh, to be still. That's true. Because there's no way you can... What can you do? The Red Sea. You cannot cross. Okay, so we need to trust God. We know that God is with us. And, but the thing is, when God looked at that situation... When, they, when God look at you dealing with Zazabel and all you do is pray and God help me, God please, God. And that's another escape route that we take. We spiritualize it. Oh, we pray. I'm still patient, waiting. But inside we are frustrated. We are, you know, we're, we are at a melting point. We are breaking. But we, we still, oh, we pray about it. You know, it sounds spiritual, but that's just escapism. We're just running away from responsibility. And here's Moses. You know, God will do it. Yeah, it sounds very spiritual. It sounds sound as if he got tremendous faith. But look at the next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, of course, it's not the next breath. After Moses has said that, to the people, and he begins to cry to God. He begins to say, God, what should I do? You know, God, help us, and so on. And then, verse 15, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. 
You see God's reaction. See, that's why today we have a lot of people who say, pray, 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 all over the pray, uh, place. But we never question, is there anything else we need to do to change this nation, to change the election result? What can we do? Are we going to pray again the next election? Or are we going to do something about it? So God is saying, hey, Moses, what are you doing? Stop crying. Stop calling up to me. You've got to do your work. What's in your hands? Stretch out your hand. The authority is with you. Tell the people what to do. Right? So we got to rise up. We got to do what we, what we need to do in, the, in this situation. That is to confront Zezebel with the authority that God has for us. The situation is not impossible because God is with us. You know, we do our part, God will part the Red Sea. But when you don't, you keep crying out to God, well, Egyptians are coming after you. That's all, you know, you lose your power, authority over the nations. And then uh, the other thing that we need to watch out is we need others to help to deal with Zazabel. And, some, and God has given us people that we need to call on in order to be able to deal because we, we are not, in a way, uh, able to do it alone. And that's the failure of Elijah, this mighty prophet, though he's anointed, though he's power and authority, but he needed people to be to. to, to work with him, to support him, to, to encourage him, to stand by him. But he was working alone. Remember when he used to face with, uh, come face to face with Ahab and uh, tell him that they have to choose between Baal or worship God Almighty. So when he came out of hiding, Elijah came out of hiding, he met with Obadiah, the servant of King Ahab. And in that encounter, Obadiah told him in 1 King 18, verse 13, he said, Haven't you heard, my Lord, that I did while Zezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I had a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves. I, I, I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves. 50 in each, and supply them with food and water. So as far as Elijah's knowledge is concerned, he knew there are at least 100 prophets who are alive. And of course, he will know they are, uh, if he has his right senses, he will know there are more, probably more than that, who survive and who, who are kept ready when God were to call them, you know, out again to deal with Zezebel, right? So, Elijah knew there are more than, well, there are at least 100 prophets with, with him. But when he deal with, uh, when he came before the nation of Israel, he came out alone. And in 1 Kings 18 verse 21, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. 
But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, "I am the only one of the Lord's prophet left, but Baal has four hundred and fifty prophets." Can you imagine? You know, he himself confessed. You know, I'm the only one left, and they have four hundred and fifty. You see, when you are strong, you feel you can overcome that four hundred and fifty, even though they are they are in the majority. You can stand against it. But when you felt weak, that's the time you feel you 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 are defeated. You are helpless against such mighty force, right? So Elijah, if he has called his prophets to help him to stand by him, he probably would not have fallen. But he didn't. He 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 still think that he's alone. Even though Obadiah has told him there are one hundred, he still thinks he's alone, and that's why we know. And uh, he ran off when Zezebel threatened him. And when he was in the cave, and God came and spoke to him, look at his confession again in First King nineteen, verse ten. He said, "I have been very jealous for the Lord God Almighty." The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Can you imagine? Once again, he kept thinking that he's the only one left. He's the only one left. He's the only one left, and and they are so strong. So, but God told him, "I reserve seven thousand." In Israel, who has never down, bow down to Baal and worship Baal, so God has these people ready for the mighty prophet to call them and say, "Come, those who are for God, stand with me, and we are going to face Baal. We are going to face Zezebel. We are going to challenge them." But Elijah didn't. He faced this situation alone. You see, God doesn't tell you everything. You know, when he told Elijah, "Is now that you go and confront uh, Ahab?" He doesn't tell you everything. He just tell you what you need to do. You have to have wisdom. You have to have understanding. You 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 have to know what to do to do the job. What you need to do the job. So it's wise to gather others to stand with us to deal with Zezebel because we want the truth. We want to. Uh, come out of the situation, and Jesus Himself is with us. Go back to that verse that we read in Revelation two eighteen. He said to the angels of the church in Thyatira, "Right, uh, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze." God is saying, "I can see what Jezebel is doing. The damage is doing, but my feet are like burnished bronze that has stand through the fiery furnace, the testing of the fiery furnace." You know, this is found in Revelation one fifteen. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. So Jesus is saying, "You know, this is like when you deal with." Zezebel is as if you are going through the furnace, you are going through the fire, but I am with you. I stand with you. 
My feet are like burnished bronze that has stand through the testing. So we know that God is with us. We know that He is standing by us. But we got to take responsibility and deal with Zezebel. We are not to run away and allow fear to dominate our life. And we will lose our position. We will lose the authority uh, that we have. We are not to tolerate. There must be a bottom line when we say enough is enough. We got to deal with it. We got to take authority over that situation and, and deal with Jezebel to stop this, this, this uh, destructive influence uh, in, in the, our life, in our family, and uh, in, in our church, in the situation where we find ourselves in. And the Lord promised to be with us, to give us that overcoming victory. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the authority, the assurance that you've given to us to deal with this Jezebelic inference that wants to come in to the church, to our family, to our business, and our organization to, to, to take control and, and to, dis, to bring destruction. Lord, we want to stand with you in your truth, in your, in your grace, in your strength, and Lord, we, as we rise up to deal with Zezebel, Lord, we thank you for the assurance of victory. And, uh, uh, and Lord, we pray that whatever you have reserved for us as inheritance, we will be able to inherit and bring glory and honor to your name. We thank you. Blessed people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you again.